The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome back, Mavs Nation. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, and welcome to the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Rodgers or Mahomes, or in this case, Rodgers or Tom Brady. And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with MyBookie.com. MyBookie rep is rock solid, and they've got all the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're in the only, there's only one place I can trust to handle my NBA-related bets, the one sports book guaranteed to give me the best lines for championship games, playoff games, NBA games, and all in between. And you know me, I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you got to be the best at what you do, and MyBookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to your sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, welcome back. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, and this is the HOOPBALL Mavericks podcast. <sighs> I don't know where to start, but I will just start. First of all, I didn't think the Mavericks would... I really didn't think they'd win this game, not because I was being pessimistic, not because I didn't think they had the capability, but they've played five games in seven nights. They've already looked sluggish as is to me anyway, and I just took this game as one where maybe we would have a little bit of a letdown, but not in the manner in which it was a letdown. I mean, from the beginning of the game, you could just sense that they just weren't quite into it, not to mention Kristaps Porzingis didn't play. So based on the way the game went, I would have assumed Lucas should not have played. I mean, why even waste a game on him, you know, in a game where it was clear that you weren't going to get the best effort from everybody? You had DeMarcus Cousins, who terrorized a shorthanded Mavericks roster. Eric Gordon got whatever he wanted. The pick and roll defense was awful. I mean, I can go on and on about the effort, the lack of detail that was taking place throughout the whole game. And when you're tired, that's exactly what ha- what happens is you just get a lack of effort. You get a lack of attention to detail. Those type of things just end up happening because your mind's just wandering from the fact that you're fatigued. And in today's game, it looked very much like that. Now, I will say there's one piece of the Mavericks that no matter shorthanded or fully loaded, something that's concerning me, and that's their ability to shoot. I mean, even with when they had everybody. Now, granted, they haven't had everybody plus Porzingis, but they j- they've been one of the worst, three, especially three point shooting teams in the league. And I really don't know where they go from here because they built this team to be better defensively, while also trying not to lose too much firepower from the from the perimeter shooting the ball. And it just hasn't worked out the way they thought it would. Now, earlier in the season, some of my reservation on the shooting woes was when you get Porzingis back, it'll open up the floor, which means you'll get easier looks, which means you should knock down more shots in rhythm. 
but I'm starting to feel I've I've watched the games and they're getting good looks and they're still not knocking them down. I mean, their spot up jump shooting has not been great throughout the year. They've been one of the worst teams, as I said. And tonight they shot 20 percent from the three point line. Again, they were tired five games and seven nights. You can't necessarily sneeze at that. So tired legs is going to hurt your shooting regardless of how good you are. They shot 44% overall as a team. But outside of Luka, I mean, he was one of six from the three-point line, and his shooting woes have been, you know, greatly documented by everyone in between, media, podcasters, and you name it. Everyone has talked about his three-point shooting. Free throw shooting has waned a little bit as well, too. He was 7 for 12 tonight, 58%. He shot 50% from the field overall, but... The three-point shooting is the great equalizer in today's game, and if you're not shooting the ball well from three, it's going to be really tough, especially if you're not punishing teams inside. I mean, Luka didn't even, he barely, you know, almost made it to 30 minutes tonight, and he had 26 points, eight assists, five rebounds, and that was in, you know, like I said, in little less than, than 30 minutes. But outside of that, you got a lot of iffy shooting from people. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. has shot the ball fairly well for them this season. I have to give him credit, but he was one of six tonight. Josh Green finally made a three. Finally. And granted, at Arizona, he was a 37, 38% three-point shooter from the corner, which I thought coming into this season, that's what his role would be. A 3 and D guy who can shoot the corner three, a la Bruce Bowen, P.J. Tucker, you name it. All of these guys who are defensive aces are corner three-point shooters and I thought that's the kind of the role that he would fill and he's getting more minutes which as you know if you follow the podcast I've been a very very um, heavy supporter of letting Josh Green continue to get seasoned because it'll pay off down the line but he along with the rest of them he didn't have it tonight either but he made a three-pointer which was the highlight of the day and everyone erupted because he's finally made one And, and we've been wanting to see that from him because He's not going to offer a lot offensively, but if the at the very least, knock down a couple of those standstill three-pointers that are in the corner. You literally don't have to do anything but be ready to catch and shoot. Um, Trey Burke, one for four from the three-point line, but a guy who's streaky at best. He's not a great shooter, but if he gets going, you better make sure you're out there on him. He didn't make much of anything tonight either. James Johnson actually made a three which is a rare sighting. He hasn't shot the hasn't made um, many threes this season overall, but he's not known as a three-point shooter. Again, he's another guy who I feel like will, will be more valuable later in the season into playoff time than he is on an every-night basis. What's the one do is interesting. He's a guy who's actually got a fairly decent amount of minutes lately, just doesn't score, um, not as in the mix as I would hope that he would be, Some guys just have a knack for finding a way to be productive, and he's finding a way to not be productive. I mean, I know he's more of a defensive guy than an offensive guy, but you got to give a little more than what he's been given. He had one point on the night, and he played 22 minutes. And, I mean, just now, granted, Nate Hinton and Tyler Bay played at the end of the game. Game was over. Nothing is happening. But they both played about seven minutes and 19 seconds. Came at the same time. Both had five points in seven minutes. Very, very small sample size. Can be very misleading. But my point is, if you get in the game and you have opportunity, make something happen. And I know he's trying to make things happen. But 
Coach Carlisle has to see that, pay attention to it, and maybe give some of these other guys minutes because a game like tonight where you know you're playing five games in seven nights and you're on a back-to-back, maybe give some of these guys minutes early. That's that's what I feel like should have happened because you could have used some minutes from Tyler Bay or Nate Hinton, two guys who come into the who come into the league with more experience because of because they were upperclassmen coming out of college. And if you can get those guys in the rotation at some point for a game like tonight, especially for as shorthanded as you are, what does it hurt to give them minutes? I mean, Willie Colley-Stein, you could tell he didn't really have it early. Uh, Tim Hardaway defensively didn't really have it early. I mean, as a team, so there's no sense of singling anyone out. Their collective effort was less than what I thought it would be. I thought that we would get more out of them tonight than what we did. But for the sake of what they were on the floor doing, you could have played other guys. I don't understand why you wouldn't just have an you wouldn't just have a thought to say, hey, let's see if we can get a boost of energy from some of these other guys. They were down 20 early in the game. Early in the second quarter, they made a comeback. They made it interesting. Um, they made a run, especially coming out of halftime. They went on like a 14 to 4, 14 to 6 run or something like that to get them back in the game. But again, if you were watching the game, you never felt as if the Rockets were in danger at all because they were getting literally anything they wanted. It wasn't a matter of them, you know, being locked down or being outshot by by the Mavericks, they just, you know, they just had ups and downs too, because again, their roster was shorthanded. They're missing guys. So with no Victor Oladipo, um, John Wall's first game back, they're missing, you know, some of their guys from the trade, um, you know, the Rockets were, were shorthanded too. And so for a game like this, that was very winnable. You would have just expected at the very least for the effort level to be a little higher than what we saw tonight. And that kind of was my disappointing um, observation from what I saw because I figured they would at least come in in attack mode knowing that the other team is shorthanded and speaking of being shorthanded that's one of the things that makes it tough to really to really judge this Mavericks team is we're looking at them on a game-to-game basis and we're talking about what we see and it's hard to make any big picture observations as as we move forward and granted, you know, I, I'm one of the people that want to see at least 20 games to see if we're setting any trends or any pattern behaviors, anything that may come up that would be red flags for the team. But when you're missing so many guys, especially key rotational guys and three starters, it's just hard to say what this team would be if in fact they had everybody. Now also of note the Rockets were missing Christian Wood who was their top player and so you're missing him and you still lose 133 to 108 and I mean it was a it was a double digit you know a double digit win regardless with the with the Mavs starters that they started the game with they just couldn't get anything going another interesting note is Jalen Brunson took no threes tonight I thought that was extremely strange considering how decent he shot the ball from three, but just didn't shoot any threes tonight. He had nine points. He was two or four from the, from the field, got to the free throw line a little bit, but not much else to um, speak of. But anyway, 
as I, as as I'm speaking about them being shorthanded, these games it's getting really hard to to talk about what I want to see from the Mavs and what the Mavs can be should be when they haven't been fully they haven't been fully healthy. They haven't had their entire team. If you guys saw. <laughs> I actually tweeted out, I'm tired of watching the diet Mavs. I'm ready to see the full loaded, fully loaded Mavs because this team that we're getting right now is just not what we're expected to see, nor what we thought we'd see this many games into the season. And they're just going through a tough stretch of games without guys that they need. And even when they go on a run, a lot of times, you know, I see people talking about, oh, you know, they need to play with more effort or they need to stay focused. I don't think that it's necessarily a, a a situation where they're not trying to give effort. I think that the the game of basketball, it's a game of runs. And when you make runs, the other team is going to make runs too. And so for the Mavericks, when they go on a run, as a team who has, you know, prided themselves on, on having a deep roster, especially this season, they're no longer deep right now. So when you actually go on a run and you go to make a few subs, if you don't have anybody to hand the baton to, so to speak, it's going to be hard for you to maintain runs, maintain energy, continue to maintain and sustain a level of success once those guys go to the bench. I mean, because right now, majority of the second unit is playing with the first unit. So what do you think happens when the Mavericks go on a run with their, you know, second unit slash first unit guys? And then you have to go to the bench and go to guys that typically would not be getting in the game or you have to play guys more minutes than you're comfortable playing them. That's going to stop your run because you're bringing in a rotation of players that aren't able to keep up what you've been doing, as opposed to when they're fully healthy and they have everyone, your first unit and your second unit can be strong and you can continue to keep going. And you, and you know, even when you stagger Luca or Kristaps with the second unit, you can keep things moving because you have capable guys. So, yes, not having Josh Richardson matters. Not having Maxi Kleba matters. Not having Dorian Finney-Smith matters. Um, Dwight Powell, you know, he's gotten a lot of, you know, criticism for the beginning of the season. But I've been one that constantly said he needs time coming off of his injury and not playing for over 10 months. But these are guys that can help you continue to keep runs going, continue to, to defend, continue to keep the energy level high, continue to know how to play when games are, you know, within the balance or the other team is on a run and you need somebody to help stop the leak. They just don't have a lot of that firepower right now because they're missing so many players. And so because of that, it makes it hard to really talk about what the team could be, should be and would be because we just haven't seen them yet. And so tonight was disappointing, but I can see how things can happen because, again, like I say, even when they made a run in the third quarter, it didn't last long because you can't really go to who else do you go to once the guys who went on a run have now ran out of gas, especially in a game in a game where it's five games and seven nights. You have to give it a little leeway, but also understanding that I would have expected a little more effort and a little better performance from everyone across the board, considering the Houston Rockets. First of all, aren't that good, but at the same time, they're missing guys too. No Oladipo, no Christian Wood, um, and no Daniel House, who's also a starter for them, who's, you know, is kind of like a Josh Richardson type. So I just don't, you know, I don't want to get on them too much, other than the fact that I thought they could have played, I thought they would have played a little better tonight, considering their opponent. I can understand the disappointment and the drop off 
when things don't go well. But the one thing that I will say that needs to I don't know how you address it. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know if they flip a switch, but they're not shooting the three ball very well. Even when they have everyone, even when they get, I mean, now that they have Porzingis back, when they had everyone minus Porzingis, they weren't shooting the ball well. So Porzingis, it's not like you're you're bringing back, you know, Clay Thompson, so to speak, but you're bringing back a capable three point shooter who shoots it in his thirties. Um, so they will need to address that unless they just become a, a completely rugged defensive team. That's going to be an area of concern and something that I'll be watching moving forward the rest of the season because the Mavericks were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league last year. And I know this year they wanted to address defense, but it's come at the cost of their shooting. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. Um, And that's my tangent for tonight. I'll stop because I don't want to get too far into what the Mavericks have done because, again, I want to see them fully healthy. I want to see what they look like when everyone is there and they can give a full effort across the board with everyone um, suited up. So... uh. You know, tough loss. They'll get past this one. The one thing that that and the other thing that is tough is losing these early games is going to make later in the season very critical. They're going to need to get clicking fast because these are the type of games that can add up to be tiebreakers, games that can determine whether you're a four seed or a six seed. In the West, it all matters. And so hopefully everyone gets healthy soon. It looks like Josh Richardson is really close to getting back. Anybody coming back at this point is a, is a boost to the lineup and is, is going to be helpful. So i um, glad that that it at least looks like help is on the way. Um, so that's all I got. Let's see how they come out next game. Um, again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thanks for listening. Everyone, please download, subscribe to the podcast. It's on all platforms. Again, you can catch me on Twitter at HoopBallMavs. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S. And also my personal account at LBSaidIt, L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. You guys be safe. Have a good night. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.